This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week TV podcast. I'm James Manning, the editor of Media Week. Joining me, Andrew Mercado, a regular Media Week contributor, Friday columnist. Welcome, Andrew. How are you, James? I'm very good, thank you. So we've got you on the line today. Now, what, what state are you in? I'm in Victoria. I've just been at an independent cinema conference. Oh, okay. seen a whole lot of, you know, first release trailers for the new movies that are coming out. And uh, by happy coincidence, <laughs> I've just discovered that there's a launch for Wentworth coming back to Foxtel soon. So uh, oh, I'll pop okay. along to that tonight. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Look, we've got lots of great TV to talk about, but I'll just uh, quickly, while you're on the movies, uh, I guess everyone's chatting about um, The Avengers, yes? Yeah, yeah, such a massive hit. And everyone knew it was going to be a big hit. No one knew that it was going to be as big (laughs) as it turned out to be. Um, It's interesting because I said to the the guys from Disney, um, because there's been a few articles written this year that The Lion King could well turn out to be the most, uh, the biggest blockbuster of the year because the the live action version of the cartoon, the cartoon is so beloved, the stage show has so many fans. And the word is that the uh, technical side of making these animals speak is beyond anything we've ever seen before. And you've got Beyonce doing one of the voices. So I said to Disney, what do you think? Will The Lion King be bigger than The Avengers? And they just laughed and said, well, wow, if, if you'd asked us that before The Vin- Avengers, we we would have a very different answer for you because they clearly didn't expect The Avengers to be as big as it turned out to be. So it's going to be a massive year for movies because we are going to have The Lion King coming and then we are going to end the year with uh, the very final Star Wars movies. But uh, there are some massive movies still to come out. Yeah, Star Wars certainly off the boil a bit, that franchise, though, isn't it? Um, the did Tell me just quickly, too, was it a good thing for cinemas that it, this was after Easter so that, that it gave them a, a real big kick when you would expect things to die down? Yeah, look, I think it really did help. I mean, I heard stories uh, at the conference that some cinemas ran out of toilet paper. They had so many people and they were so unprepared for such incredible crowds. I know that I had the biggest day in my little cinema's history on the day that it opened. It wow. was just the, the, the response from people wanting to see it on opening day was unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah, and it's a pity because you're not a multiplex, so you can't sort of back up the screenings, can you? No, that's right. But, you know, I, I had packed screenings and uh, it, it still broke records. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Look, I, I thought I might start with um, Netflix and Chris Lilly today because we haven't talked about this one yet on, no. our, on our little podcasts. Um, it's It'd be kind to say it's been mixed, uh, it's been met with mixed reviews. Probably most have been pretty negative. I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, I, I've only watched one episode, I've got to admit, and look, I've been a big Chris Lilly fan in the past, but I'm telling you, this one ain't doing it for me. No, I think, you know, I, I've, I've suspected for several years now that he probably peaked with Summer Heights High and, and how awful that would be to have done something because it was so incredible, that show, and, and the real skill of that show was he had three very distinctive characters, Mr. G, Jonah, Jamay, and they were all tied in so beautifully to that one setting of the high school, and that really was his peak moment. And and since then, I think because that show was so successful, 
I really feel with his work that he's working with the same people and in many cases he's up the ante going from Summer Heights High, which was six half hours. Angry Boys, his follow-up series to Summer Heights High, I think was 12 episodes and straight away you got that sense of this is too long. He's repeating himself. Um, why isn't somebody saying to him less is more? And I think we've seen with uh, Lunatics, it's 10 episodes. Uh, we now just have a bunch of characters all over the world, none of them connected to each other, nothing that ties them together. And seriously, I put it on for a group of people at Easter on Good Friday. We were so excited. It was <laughs> going to be our night's viewing. Mm. Uh, I put it on for a group of people. We watched the first episode with complete silence. <laughs> uh, the second episode started and one of my friends just stood up and swore and said, I'm going to bed. I'm furious. And it was 8.15 at night. <laughs> And you know, that, that's a bad review, you know, and I stuck with that second episode hoping to find something good in there to recommend. I couldn't, but I did watch the 10th and final episode to see if there was a point to it all. And I'm sad to point there wasn't. Um, so, you know, this, his, this show will be working with young viewers on Netflix and little kids who think it's still funny that uh, characters swear and fart and that type of audience. Uh, but I'm not quite sure that Chris has the adults on side anymore. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I agree with what most of the people are saying. Not great. Yeah. The, um, it's one of those shows where I go, look, I'm, I'm not writing it off. I'd like to go back and, and give it an, another chance. But, gee, we know these days that doesn't often happen when you say that, does it? Because so many things get into your, to your watch list that you just yeah. end up forgetting all about it, don't you? There's no time. No, there's not. There's And the characters in this, is it Jenna, Keith Dick, um, Becky? I think Becky's the giant sort of college student. Man, it's just not a funny, it's not a funny situation, is it, you know? The worst character is that uh, young boy that goes over to the English mansion, oh. mansion called Gayhurst. I mean, <laughs> seriously. And he really needs to stop playing these foul-mouthed little boys. They're not funny. Mm. And it's getting – that side of it is getting really tragic for me. Yeah. Well, I've got to say my – of my all my – I've got – I'd list three all-time favourite characters of his. One of them would be a loud-mouthed little boy because I was always a sucker for Jonah. Yeah, uh, right. Um, Extreme Darren, which is very early on, which was I think was a big bite character, and I don't think he ever lived on any of his other own series. I, I might yeah, be, I, good. I, I might I might be wrong. And yeah. and then uh, Mr G, of course, you know he was he was such a good character. And you know Mr G was the one that I think most people would agree that if you were going to spin off one character from Summer Heights High, yeah. Mr G surely was the character that had had the most potential there. Instead, we got these uh, sad spin-offs of Jamae and Jonah where it was just the same joke and the same premise being repeated again and again and again. Seriously, <laughs> less is more. I think one of the probably the unfunniest one I've of seen is was it S Mouse? Oh that, yeah. That, you know, the rapper. Yeah. 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 Just didn't just didn't do it for me at all. No. Um, Okay, but one thing I did see a, a post somewhere, someone complained about um, whenever you log on to Netflix, you get this, the promos start running, you know, automatically. 
and, it's, yeah. and they've really been flogging Mr G lately, and it's just it's just a big turn off. You know, you go, oh, you know, it just gives it because there's so much content on Netflix, but you're just left thinking of you identifying Netflix with Mr with um with lunatics all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, which is um, which is sad, and that's one of the things that annoy me about Netflix is all those. It's like uh, those auto auto ads that start when you're browsing on a on a, on the internet. I find that a bit annoying on Netflix when all these promos just keep start playing wherever you go. That's right. I don't want that, and I want the very first category on Netflix to be new. What mm. is new? <laughs> don't I don't want to know about what's trending or what they're recommending me or all that. I want the first category to be what's new. That's what most people want to do. They've spent hours going through all the choices there. When you log on, what's new? Mm. Very simple. It should be top of the page all the time. On the, the browser I use or whatever, I'm always struggling through going, where the hell is this brand new additions category? Yeah, we've probably talked about this before, but I guess there's some sort of science behind the way Netflix treats you when you go into the site. But, I, yeah, I, you spend so much time browsing for something sometimes. You yeah. Know, you, you've got to – I usually end up searching if I'm looking at something specific because you, you just never find it. Just It's much faster, um, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And Foxtel's getting a little bit that way too. I've, I've found myself um, having to search for things on Foxtel on demand sometimes because you just can't navigate it through those bewildering um, layers of the um, – <laughs> Of the menu. Uh, There's a word we don't hear enough, bewildering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, House Rules started this week. A little controversially, the way they set it up on the Sunday night, you had to sit through an hour of House Rules before you got to the MKR Grand Final. Yeah. Um, And they did something similar once before, but they split MKR into two parts and put House Rules... In the middle of it, did they? I, I thought th- that was MasterChef when they split MasterChef to make you watch that new show, The Renovators. Well, they might they have done that too. That's Tim a long time ago. That's a decade ago, though. Yeah, isn't make it? you watch the renovation show by uh, splitting. I could, that was so long ago. I might have that wrong, but yeah, well, yeah, you could be right. I might be wrong. That got has got f- been done before, yeah. and it never goes down well. No, nah, it's just a big negative. I've got a feeling MKR did it too. But, um, yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, but House Rules with Jamie Jury this season, um, they've brought him in to give it a bit more star quality, I guess. Episode two, he arrived? Uh, he did, yeah, that house, right. house reveal. But that first episode did quite well, but then it's tumbled after that and the three subs- subsequent e- um, episodes after that haven't done anything close to what that opening night did. Now, House Rules is a notorious slow starter. Yeah, yeah. So no doubt it will um, pick up again. One little thing I found out, we, we had a chat to our Jamie Jury a week ago. Do you know he's been on 52 separate TV programs? 52, wow. And most yeah. of them would be uh, <laughs> reality say. shows, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say bombs or something. <laughs> no, no, I would never say that. I like Jamie Jury. And he, the addition to him of House Rules has given... The uh, house rules, it's best ever tagline. I've seen it all over <laughs> Melbourne on billboards. Right. It's, you know, the English judge, Lawrence Llewellyn, blah, 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 yeah. and Jamie. And the tagline is judge and jury, D-U-R-I-E. <laughs> and I'm like, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah, I think they, they seem to be working well from what I've seen of them together. Um, you know, Jamie enjoys trying to wind him up a little bit. 
And um, good. it's good, you know, and, and I've always been a big fan of Wendy Moore, who's there in the middle, who's recently been appointed, I think, to run the lifestyle brand for Foxtel. Huh. And I wonder if Seven have something else in mind for Jamie Jury. He's a good keep. I'd, I'd certainly be arranging something else. Well, they, they definitely do. He, that's all he told us. He said, yeah, look, I've got a long-term deal with Seven, but I'm not allowed to tell you what it is. Right. I'm guessing it might be another competitive gardening show. Oh, okay. Which, which we haven't had a yeah. long time. Like, if you back, remember back then, was it Garden Force, I think, back in the day? Yeah, gosh, two good teams memory. competing. And right. that, that used to do some huge numbers. They even had a, a New Zealand versus Australia couple of episodes there too, which did very well. As, um, but that's going back a fair way. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something along those lines. But you, Look, never, you, know, you never know. As someone pointed out to me the other day when I was talking about the living room coming back to 10 a few weeks ago, and I said, you know, it's Friday nights, this thing where you've got Better Homes and Garden on 10 and the living room. So Better Homes and Gardens on 7 and the Living Room on 10. And uh, someone from the ABC picked up and said, and Gardening Australia outrates both of them. And I was like, oh, yes, actually, look at those figures. Maybe it does. We kind of forget that, that there still is a, a massive interest with just keeping things simple um, and saying everyone has a home and a lot of people have gardens and they want some useful advice. Yeah, I'm not sure it outrates them, but it's certainly uh, on level pegging, I think. Right, yeah. Um, Because Better Homes and Gardens gets sort of unusual treatment because it sometimes starts on 7, then you've got to watch the rest of it on 7 too, depending where you are in Australia. Yeah. right. So um, it's it's not as easy as to watch for everybody as it used to be. Of course, it's always there on 7 Plus. And before I forget it, 7 Plus has started asking me to log in when I, when I watch it on my um, Apple TV or the app on the television. Right. So, and of course I had no idea. So I, I, I went to open an account, but then it told me, no, there's already an account associated with your email. Yeah. So yeah. then I said, okay, well, I'll change the password. And then it, it, I went to change the password, but it wouldn't let me change the password. It just kept spitting me back, so I'm finding that a real annoyance at the moment, so. Yeah, and the same thing happened when I tried to log on to 9Now the other day. I went through that same thing. You need to log in, and I was like, oh, have I done this before, or should I just put it through Facebook? Yeah, I find it really annoying. You know what? People don't have time for all this rubbish. Yeah, I know. If you want to watch a show, you should just be, especially catch-up of a commercial TV network, you know, they should be making things as easily as possible, not going, we need your email address to continue. Yeah, look, running a, a, well, it's sort of a paywall, isn't it, or a registration wall is fraught with difficulty. We tried it for a while on Media Week and, of course, there's no end of grief and we're sort of uh, not through that uh, trouble at the moment either. But, um, listen, the um, so where were we? We were talking about house rules. House rules, Um, yeah. MKR, yeah. Now, we did you watch much of MKR this year? No, no, no I didn't okay. watch any of it. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good. Interestingly, it was the first all male final because it, there's usually been uh, women and men in the um, final episode, or all women. I think they've had one as well, but this yep. was the first one um, all men. And so the good-looking guy who's now dating someone from home and away, he was in the winning team, and. The other two, I think, one of whom is Rommel, who they've admitted oh, that Rommel they spent... Rommel and Ibby, is it? 
and they've admitted to spending $30,000 of their own money as a gamble to win $250,000. Eek. Didn't work out for them. No, they went close, but they, if they wanted, they probably could um, scratch out a career in food, though, you would have thought, because they're pretty good in the kitchen. But he's the one that wants to scratch out a career as a TV Tonight Show host, Rommel. Mm, Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, good, good luck with that big time. Speak, yeah. Speaking of food, MasterChef um, started this week. Yep. First two episodes, they uh, decided on the 24 contestants and we're now into the um, competition. I think they gave away, they've already given away one immunity pin. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. Oh, no, they haven't. The day we're recording this, they give away their first immunity pin. Right, so, and ratings have uh, stayed pretty solid all week for it, haven't they? Yeah, it's been good. I think their Wednesday episode was the number one. I'm trying to remember now. It was actually the number one program after like seven pm, I think. Yeah, right. Or, or after, uh, no, after seven thirty, after a current affair finished. So it was number one entertainment show, if you like. Uh, yeah. One, it's uh, demos, which ten is very big on this year. They they want to be number one under fifty as as much as possible, and that's um, that's been delivering for them. Look, I think the this season looks good so far. I'm I'm enjoying it, and it's like a pair of comfy old slippers these days. Um, Master Chef, isn't it? It's you know, it just it sort of gives you more of the same. I know they made a few changes this year. The the mentors are three former contestants, not another celebrity chef. So that's probably a nice little tweak. But I don't think that MasterChef viewers want bells and whistles. Oh, I think they want no. it to be comfortable viewing and they want to know that what it, what they're getting is what they've got before. Sure, yeah. I mean, they fiddled with the format in the past to their detriment and then they went went back to keeping it all simple and it's, um, it's thrived. Yeah. Speaking of another for- format which thrives, Andrew, 20 to 1, which I believe you know a fair bit about this year. Yeah, absolutely. I actually... Um, uh, this la- this series that's now going to air, uh, I actually worked on it behind the scenes. I actually interviewed a lot of the celebrities, okay. um, which is it's it's great to kind of do both sides of it because when you're sitting on one side and then when you sit on the other side and kind of get briefed on what they need, you know, it's a, it, it all helps, right? And uh, you know, we had some I you know I caught up with some people I'd met before and. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you one story, the most hilarious story of the whole thing, and I won't uh, reveal the person's name because it's it's uh, it's not a great story. <laughs> but a reality TV star, shall we say, yes. um, arrived, and of course, the first thing you say to them is, um, "Hi, how are you?" Uh, now, just checking, you've watched all the clips, haven't you? And he says, "No, I haven't." Mm. And I go, "Well, you can't do the show." unless you know what you're talking about. So here's my laptop. Go into that room, sit down, and watch all the clips. And then I say to the crew, we're going to be running late. He's got to watch all the clips first, blah, blah, blah. So he does it. He's really bad at it. And as he's leaving, he's packing up his clothes, and he's telling me this story, and he says, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've said to my manager uh, that I don't want to be like other reality TV stars and, and be... Um, pushing products on Instagram, just any old thing. I want to be discerning because I want some longevity in my career. He walked out the door and I just felt like saying, well, you know what, mate, if you want some longevity, do the basic homework first. Don't make a crew sit around for an hour and wait for you. Unbelievable. 
But that's what happens when you're not working with professionals, James. Yeah, man, look, you only put up with that sort of stuff if the content they deliver is so good. Well, then someone can get away with it, can't they? But if they're not, Correct. They're not delivering gold, well, you go, well, next, you know. And there's 100 new reality contestants uh, coming out the ranks every couple of weeks. So, yeah, yeah. dream on, dude. Yeah. So now 20 to 1. Now the host are Aaron Molan, is it? Nick? Yes. Cody? Yes, yes. I think right? he's got an, a Melbourne comedian. I see, we've seen him on Have You Been Paying Attention? He does all, uh, I saw him recently on the Melbourne comedy festivals and stuff like that. Does a beer ad. I think he's uh, on Brisbane Radio too, I've got a feeling. Oh, is he? I would have thought he was a, a Melbourne guy, but there you go. Well, you don't have um, to be in Brisbane though. I suppose you don't. Look at... I mean, Kate uh, Langbrook broadcasting now from Italy. Yeah, I think with Dave Hughes sitting in Melbourne. Ed Cavalier did a couple of years of Brisbane radio, I think. Um, did he? And he was in Melbourne the whole time. Well, a lot of it. I won't say he was oh. there all the time. And he's right. now doing Sydney radio, and I've got a feeling he's he's not always in Sydney. So <laughs> funny. And, and he's still good, you know. He can he can get away with it. Yes. So, yeah, so there we go, uh, 20 to 1. Now, now, so for people who don't know and I don't know, so when those celebrities, you see the soundbite, so there's someone sitting beside them asking them questions that they're answering, is that correct? Yes. And then you just take the answers? Yeah, you you, you sort of say, you know, what do you think of that clip? And they say it. And, and, you know, you start to realise then if everybody's saying – having the same response to a clip, you've got to find a way to question, throw a question at them so that they can look at it differently because you want a whole bunch of, you want the editor to be in that room and have a whole bunch of different takes on it. And, you know, some of the people, you know, some of the people I work with like Lucy Durack and Ella Hooper um, and Michaela Bannis and Toby Truslove, you know, it was just every time they spoke, it was gold. You know, Scott Cam was amazing. Um, Ross Greenwood um, arrived fully prepared. Shelley Horton and they, you know, they do their homework, they sit down and they've already got their one-liners and their gags and their, their stuff. It's just bang, one take. They're the professionals and... You know, you just go, wow, okay, we could use all of that. You know, we could make the show two hours with you guys. You know, there are some really, really great people doing it. Yeah, yeah. What's, um, and just finally on this, what's the, um, what's one of the best clips that you think uh, will get a lot of mileage this season? Um, I know that uh, the most informative one for me was uh, YouTube sensations, all these sort of, one-off people that have done something silly and become a viral overnight hit. I actually didn't know who a lot of those people were. So I remember thinking, wow, I, that one missed me completely by. But, um, you know, there's just so many. And it just feels like, you know, we're, we're, we're following one sensation today and then tomorrow we're on to the next one. You know, things move very quickly in today's social media world. Yeah, yeah. Big Bang Theory. Now, what's... Um TV not, tonight's all over this. What, what's going on? I've, I know they're sort of mucking the, the, the episodes around. Is that, is that the um, controversy? Look, when we think about uh, the Big Bang Theory on Nine, it, was, it has been such a big, huge hit for them for so many years. But TV Tonight uh, have recently reported that Nine seems to have dropped the ball on this final season of Big Bang Theory. Now, while I was watching Morning TV today, there were all the clips, even on Channel 7, they were showing clips of the cast 
um, having just recorded the final episode. It's going to go to air in America in a couple of weeks' time. So it's going to be on all the shows. And here we are in Australia just starting this season that's about to finish in America. And it does seem strange that a show that we know is such a big has been such a hit for nine that they haven't wanted to sort of be part of all this, you know, massive publicity about it. But look, you know, I was the person that was criticising nine for not starting Lego Masters in mm-hmm. during Easter because mm-hmm. I thought, who the hell is going to watch this show? And uh, <laughs> don't listen to me on anything, James. As, as we know now, our history has shown us that waiting till the night that all the kids were going back to school was turned out to be the perfect night to start Lego Masters. Yeah, look, I'll put my hand up and say I didn't certainly didn't see Lego Masters coming, and no. I was sort of on the record with some people <laughs> predicting much smaller numbers than it's ended up doing. So you, you can't underestimate family viewing, um, no, the, keeping it simple, um, Hamish Blake, all those things have sort of you know come together. I think. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've seen a lot of talk about you know maybe after the the nastiness of Married at First Sight. We need a bit of niceness and positivity on TV, and there's probably something in that too, but you're right. Hamish Blake's incredible popularity helped, uh, and that family audience they were were going for, uh, I thought it was too long for a family format, starting a show at 7.30, finishing at 9 o'clock, because I thought that Lego would appeal to really, really young kids. Um, But look, it was a massive... Hit right, and those numbers stayed. They didn't just uh, fold after night one. Yeah, no, it's fa- fantastic. I mean, look, I'm I'm interested in the Lego, but I'm probably not going to sit there all the way through it. I'd, I'd love a, sh- a brief recap, but um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty of people who are into it, so yeah, more power to them. Uh, Britain's um, so Britain's got talent. Yep, nine used to use that with great effect as a bit of a filler mid-year. Yeah, uh, they'd run it at some nights at seven thirty, other nights at eight thirty. Got really good numbers. Um, did I say seven or did I say nine? Nine. No, you said to. nine. Yep. doing that. Yeah, was that were. is that jumping to seven? The the BGT. Yes. Yeah, British, Britain's Got Talent is now on seven, and I just realised why. It's because mm. seven are reviving Australia's Got Talent. Yes, uh, so you get the format down. rights, I guess, to all versions, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I guess you get all of them, although America's Got Talent, I think, still airs on Fox 8, so you can still pick and choose and uh, cast off to cable TV the ones that you don't want. But Brit- I think Britain's Got Talent is the strongest one in the, you know, it's the one with Simon, Cat- Simon Cowell, and I think the Brits love that kind of, vaudeville type show more than anyone else uh in the world so it probably is uh the the best if you're going to screen an international version i would probably go for the british version rather than the american one too yeah although the american one had the attraction of howard stern as one of the judges but it was a very sort of watered down howard stern he didn't really yeah he didn't really entertain you like he does on his radio show Mm-mm. um now the judges that seven have announced the judges here Manu and Shane Jacobson amongst them. Yeah. So, well, I thought Manu was uh, a chef. Uh, <laughs> I guess um, Australia's Got Talent is one of those formats where you can get someone there that, you know, can just be like the person at home, doesn't really know much about singing and dancing. It's not their specialty. Uh, so, yeah, they're giving Manu a tryout and Shane Jacobson in there too. God, he gets a lot of work on TV, doesn't he? Almost to the point of overexposure. 
Well, but it's almost as if they can't make a certain. Well, but he does all types of shows. He's so versatile. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's why he's on a lot of things. He's a good actor. He's a great host. He's a great comedian. You yeah. Know? Um, but gee whiz, he does so much. I mean, I said the other day, how how good must his agent be? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, probably. Uh, <laughs> probably doing all right too with a clip of the ticket on all of those jobs. But obviously together, well, and I'm not sort of saying he's not worthy of um, being hired because he's a very funny guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, wow, he turns up in a lot of stuff. He's getting a lot of work. He is, he is. Um, Strictly Come Dancing. Yep. Now, there was an Aussie version of this for a while, wasn't there? Well, it's Dancing with the Stars. Well, yeah. And they've never done Strictly. Strictly Come Dancing is what they call Dancing with the Stars in the UK. Oh, right. What's the other dancing show that I'm getting confused with? The, so the you tent. think you can oh, dance? Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Right, okay. okay. So now the 10 have Dancing with the Stars, oh, they okay. now have the rights to the British original, uh-huh. which features the same Australian judge, Craig Revel Horwood. And so it's they're going to screen that on 10 Peach on a Friday night. Uh, I don't know whether they're screening the most recent series of Strictly, but, you know, I love my dancing shows. I'll check it out. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of celebrities on there, British celebrities that we've never heard of. But, you know, I, I always think with a show like that, you can fast forward and just watch those dance performances, which, you know, sometimes can be amazing. I'm always surprised when I'm in the UK how big that program is. It's, yeah. It's just astonishing. I mean... Serious BBC news shows <laughs> will will lead in their items about reveals of of who judges are and stuff like that. Wow, really? You know, I think it's on the BBC, so I, I get that. But still, they wouldn't normally cover. You know, it's just a really, you know, just just all all parts of um, all parts of the community, all different sorts of viewers, age groups, uh, demos, just really enjoy this program. And they also do a special show uh, on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, okay. the Strictly Come Dancing Christmas Show, and it's just a one-off kind of uh, just a uh, again. That's how popular the format is. They need their own Christmas edition of it. Right, right. Now, is that the show? I mean, I should have researched this, but uh, do they do they stop and come back and then give the voting? I think it's over two nights. Yeah, I think was they it two do nights? There's one the show sh- that they maybe stop and there's a news bulletin or well, half hour or something else. Well, that might be what it is. And then they come back. They have a break. Mm. Yes, that's mm. it. Yeah. The results. Yes. So unlike here in Australia where uh, networks just conveniently break it up whenever they want to and, and decide to get higher ratings by saying we coded the last 10 minutes as the winner revealed, mm. over in the UK they actually do have two separate sh- uh, shows because – I think they're very uh, anal about uh, having their news at the same time every night. Okay. And I think they're probably correct to judge Australian audiences. They wouldn't hang around, would they? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they wouldn't come back. They'd go, okay, see ya. You know. Yeah. Um, fifth Element Yeah. is not something I know a lot about, but it seems to be coming up on FCBS Viceland a lot. Well, this is in the, the next 19- few days. Yeah, the 1997 sci-fi film from French director Luc Besson, starring Bruce Willis. Uh, SBS Viceland says it's the most popular movie they've ever screened. So they're screening it six times in a row on Sunday 
The Fifth of May. Now, for the life of me, I tried to figure out why I thought if the movie's called The Fifth Element, maybe they should be screening it five times in a row. But I counted, and they're screening it six times in a row. And then I read that they're doing it because it's the fifth of the fifth. Okay. The fifth element on the fifth of the fifth. Oh. So why don't they just screen it five times instead of six times? I don't understand why they're not sticking with the theme, James. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's, they say it's like an, a new slow TV version of movies. You know, you could just, but like, I just think it's really dumb playing the same movie over and over again all day. It, it, it's not slow TV. It doesn't have that thing where you could be walking through the room and see a different part of scenery. You know, it's a convoluted sci-fi film that you need to sit down and pay attention to, not have on in the background playing endlessly. I just think it's a very odd thing to do. And I love what SBS Viceland do with their movies. And I love that they are creative with the titles they choose, but um, I, I just don't get this marathon at all. To me, it makes a little bit of sense because just look at the habits of audiences. Even though something's on demand, people seem to like the simplicity of actually just turning on the TV and watching it. Because you look at those Game of Thrones numbers, and I'm not sure why we didn't split out the podcast with Game of Thrones, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The Foxtel just virtually runs it back to back across the day after yeah. 11 a.m., I think. And yeah. then there's catch up as well uh, on the the showcase plus two um, channel, and those those numbers do I think a lot better than on demand, where you'd think oh I might just go to on demand, but you think oh well it's just it's just easier or it's or you know people just aren't educated enough or it's not easy enough just to go zap straight into on demand and get it. Yeah, it's look, it's. Um I mean, I often, I look at those figures on a Monday when Game of Thrones screens and the first episode goes to air at 11am and then they screen it all day until that prime, those prime time repeats. And yeah, I, but I, I seriously wonder if it's Game of Thrones fanatics who watch the same episode over and over again in repetition like that. I'm sure there are people out there that do do that or whether or not it's somebody that has their lunch break at 1pm so that's when they decide to watch the show. But, you know, I also hear about a lot of Game of Thrones fans, you know, groups of people, groups of friends that have been watching it together for years and years, and they gather en masse and watch it on Monday night. They're all doing things mm. during the day when it goes to air, but they get together at night and they either watch it on demand or they watch one of those primetime uh, encore screenings. Yeah. Well, let's... Um so that's fifth element. Let's cover GOT while we're on it then at the moment. Yeah, yeah. The, I've got to say I'm really enjoying this season and uh, I'm finding it a lot easier to follow than any other season, maybe because there's less there's less uh, family members left and they're all together in yeah. the one place and it's not and then jumping around. And they're not introducing from, new characters, yeah. Correct, yeah. It's just, it's, are you sort of seeing that, that it's just a bit yeah. bit of an easier watch? And I'm finding the, the dialogue a little bit snappier and, um, I don't know, more accessible, funnier? Yep. Is that a fair comment? I think it is a fair comment. Jokes um, and, I, you know, witty lines yeah. and... Few in jokes, things like that. You mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't mean it wasn't any good before, but it's just they seem to be having a little bit more fun in yeah. this in this final season. So I am up to the point where this big battle starts. I was watching it on my laptop, oh. and I've read so much about this big battle. I thought, stop! Mm. Don't watch this on a laptop. 
wait till I get back home and I'll put it up on the big screen. I want to watch it on my, my 75 centimetre screen, not a laptop. So, yeah, I'm holding off on this, uh, what is what they're now calling the biggest ever uh, warfare episode ever filmed for TV. Yeah, yeah. The um, Could I say a couple of things about that? The first is the battle, it's all in the, it all happens at night. Yeah. The whole thing, it's dark. It's pretty dark, isn't you it? You can't see anything. Oh, no. <laughs> Which makes me, I mean, that's, it's sort of good because it adds to the mystery, but I'm sure it helped with the costs for the, um, the special effects. CGI. Because you, you just have, back- a, <laughs> you have a few flames up and you think, oh, that's how big the army is. When yeah. they have daylight battles, you've actually got to see them all. Well, you know, when you think back to uh, a movie like Godzilla, that 1997 version of Godzilla that came out or whatever it was, that Matthew Broderick one, and that all took place um, with rain. It took place, you know, if it wasn't raining, if it wasn't nighttime, it was raining and really overcast. <laughs> and the accusation was thrown around then, you guys are cheaping out on the CGI by making it so dark. <laughs> And I have read that the cinematographer has had to answer these charges of the show being too dark now, and he's saying, oh, well, that's the way I filmed it, blah, blah, blah. But I think you're right. I think that they, have, they made a strategic decision that it, it is a little bit uh, – that you don't have to have as much detail when this yeah. is uh, taking place uh, at night. Sorry, that's cinema, the cinematographer for Game of Thrones or for Godzilla? You're for, no, about? for Game of Thrones. He's All recently right. come out. So you're not the only person saying this, James. All Other right. people – well, and I think they've got a lot to answer for, actually, because when the when that's I mean the whole series has nearly been a bloody night so yeah. far, and the, yeah. inside the castle it is so damn dark. Some yeah. of those scenes, and I'm and this the way I'm watching it doesn't help because I'm I'm sneaking a cheeky at um, at eleven o'clock on a Monday watching it live, which means it's daytime. So you've got to try and darken the room a little bit. But to see beca- it, yeah. Because it's so dark, though, all I'm getting is bloody reflection. I, yeah. I can't see what's doing. <laughs> and I've got a feeling it's not going to be much different. I was watching it in a jet black room, you know, like a, a cinema. I'm sure, I'm sure it would be better. Yeah. It, I, I, it's just too dark for me. And it sounds like a grumpy old man having a bit of a whinge. But, yeah. Um, no, but just I, a bit I, of a I, candle I, in the corner, please, you know, just. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's just one of the little disappointing. So I keep squinting at the screen and thinking, oh, is it, is it my TV? Is it me? Or is it, is it just so bloody dark you can't see what's going on? Yeah. Um, Killing Eve. I love the first season of Killing Eve. It's uh, screening on ABC's Friday nights, but I think they put all the episodes up on um, on iView. on a Saturday. So if you need to, if you're obsessed and you want to see it as soon as it airs in the UK, uh, you can watch it on iView. And I think, uh, and now because they screened a double episode the night it started, I think they're now one week behind on the Friday night app. So you can watch it on the ABC on a Friday night and then the next day if you can't wait to know what happens next, you could pop onto iView and it'll be there for you to watch. And the second series, you know, it's kind of like, oh, where are they going to go with this? And there's been a couple of moments in it where I've gone, oh, I feel like they're losing, but they seem to be getting back on track and it's it's still been uh, very, uh, very exciting to watch. Yeah. Gee, hasn't that made a star of uh, Jodie, is it Coma? Com- comma? Yes. Coma? 
Um, she was in Dr. Foster, which was just a brilliant, a brilliant, yep. a brilliant role there. And she looked quite young in that first season of Dr. Foster. Well, and she, did she you was, see her on Graham Norton's show? Well, that's what I was getting to, yeah. That, um, didn't she look fantastic on that? And um, she was so completely different from Eve. Um, it just yes. made me oh, think, yeah, wow, absolutely. you are an amazing actress because she is nothing like you whatsoever. Well, well, yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find someone in real life like Eve, wouldn't you? Well, no, no. You, I mean, not you know Eve. She's I mean? the villain, Alda. She plays the assassin, doesn't she? But she's got the accent. You, she, you know, when you saw her on Graham Norton, it was like, oh my god, she's just like this kind of quiet little English actress. And then she plays this, you know, you know, assassin with the accent, and you know, the 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 um. The, the stunt work and all of that, and you go, wow, you've really done an amazing job creating this character because nothing like her. Yeah, but you think back to that first season of Dr. Foster and she was quite young, wasn't she? She, sort of she was really young, Outraging yeah. her parents, having an affair with the sort of older man. Yeah. And was she, either, was she still at school in, or was she a nanny? I can't remember what she actually played in She was first. certainly young. She's still, yeah, but I think she was still at school possibly. Yeah, and she was Can't a patient remember. of Dr. Foster's and she wasn't a patient. She was a patient of that clinic. But, yeah. you know, she was going to see the other doctor and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, no, she's, she's great. So, yeah, no, I haven't started this second season yet. but um, It's good. Yeah, it's good? Yeah, okay. it's good. Okay. Um, now, I mentioned earlier in the year the Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders with John Malkovic playing Poirot. And I, I think it's about to um, screen here. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, Sunday nights at seven thirty. Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders, and you're right, John Malkovich playing Poirot in a very kind of different interpretation, um, and an Australian actor in there. Now his last name is going to stump me. It's Eamon E A M O N. He was. Uh, he played Carlotta's best friend in that Carlotta telly movie opposite Jessica Marai. And okay. the next thing, he was in Twin Peaks. Oh, wow. Playing um, the son of Audrey and uh, evil Agent Cooper. Isn't that uh, amazing, going for Twin Peaks, the Carlotta <laughs> special, and then um, Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie, yeah. Wow, what a career that boy is often having now. Yeah, what a, what a way to start your CV. Right. Um, so is that on BBC First? No, ABC TV, Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. You're sure it's going to be, it'll be 8.30, won't it? No, it's so, 7.30 because Vera's still there at uh, 8.30. It is, okay. it is unusual for the ABC to screen a show like this at 7.30 instead of 8.30, but well, they're doing it. I don't want to be a pedant, but it'll be actually 7.40, won't it? Because their, 740, new, I their, mean, their yes. news goes for 40 minutes on Sundays. For, That's right, because Vera reason. starts at 8.40, so that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got it. Got it. Um, I wanted to mention a couple of things. The Foxtel magazine, uh, the May issue. No, I'm not. Can you still buy this at newsstands, or have you got to mm, be a subscriber? I've, I've never seen it at, at, lately at a newsstand. Yeah, no. I think it's probably been a while. It used to be. Also I'm struggling to find newsstands. a newsstand these days, James. Well, that's Let true, alone isn't what's it? There. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, there's some there's some amazing lineup of content coming from um, 
from Foxtel in the next few months. One of them is uh, All That Jazz, the series, um, uh, sort of a TV oh, version the of the burden. movie with Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I've watched the first two apps. Oh, have you? Wow. Yeah, they Foxtel sent out a preview and it just landed in my box and I thought, clear the schedule, I ain't doing anything <laughs> till I watch this. So it's the story, Sam Rockwell playing Sam Fossey, Michelle Williams Bob playing... Fossey. Bob Vossi, sorry. Uh, Michelle Williams playing Gwen Verdon. The, the miniseries opens with them filming Sweet Charity with uh, Shirley MacLaine. And then episode two, they're in Munich filming Cabaret with Liza Minnelli. So I've watched those first two episodes. Uh, those two are going to be nominated for Emmys. Uh, they, one of them may well win. Who knew Sam Rockwell could dance? All right. He can okay. dance. Yeah. So can Michelle Williams. But I think we kind of knew that. Yeah. Um, but Sam Rockwell, such a surprise package in it. And it so inspired me that uh, I also have re- just rewatched Cabaret. Oh. And okay. I am going to be rewatching uh, Sweet Charity because Sweet Charity with Shirley MacLaine is a movie I only watched a few years ago after seeing the play for the first time at the Hayes Theatre, courtesy of David Campbell's uh, theatre company. And I was so blown away. To It was a musical that I kind of missed in my childhood. I think my mother kind of maybe kept me away from it because it's kind of about prostitutes, really, in a way. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it was so. probably seen as being a bit racy back in the day. So I never saw it as a kid, but when I saw that stage play, it was like, oh, my God, all of these songs, I know all of these songs... I didn't know they all came from this one uh, show. And so then I watched the movie. And I remember thinking when I watched the movie, which flopped at the time, thinking this movie was ahead of its time. Look at that choreography. So, yeah, now I'm really across the the Bob Fosse thing. And, uh, you know, it's very niche, James. I mean, I'm a gay man who loves musicals. So, of course, I know who Bob Fosse is. But... You know, Fosse slash Verdon on the TV schedule, people are going to look at that and go, what the hell does that mean? Um, but for people who know the know them and are interested in it, uh, they're in for a real treat. Yeah. Uh, Mother, Father, Son is coming um, BBC first. Um, With Richard Gere. May 12, yeah. I think it's his first yep. work for TV. Um, the, the I think it's the last season of, um, of The Durrells is starting late in May. It's also on BBC First. There's a great great Game of Thrones doco coming up on the History Channel. Wow. um, Called End of an Empire, The Rise and Fall of the Dynasties, which is is like a real, the real real life uh, Game of Thrones, if you like. Yep. Um, And that was, and I discovered, because the, most recent season of Catastrophe is up for streaming on um, iView. Yeah. And I was wondering where the first two seasons were. I've, I've, and they're, they're actually on Foxtel. I'm not sure why the third season isn't there as well. But Foxtel On Demand have got the first two seasons of Catastrophe. Huh. I've been re-watching the first season. It's just hilarious. It's just a fantastic hilarious. show. Yeah. I love it. What do you want to leave us with? Um, Mr. Black, starring oh, Stephen yes. Curry yes. and Nadine Garner, beginning on 10 next week. I've watched the first two episodes. I'll write about it uh, in my column, my Friday column for Media Week. Uh, Media okay. Week. Yep. Uh, look, it's uh, Stephen Curry, as you've never, ever seen him before. Very interesting role for him. A real uh, switch from the 
the type of likable characters that he usually plays. But, uh, yeah, it's black. It's called Mr. Black because yeah. it's black, um, black comedy. Um, but it was uh, – it's, it's, it's very well done and I think uh, it, it's going to be one to look out for. Yeah, and I just quickly uh, mentioned Catch-22 coming to oh. – I think it's Stan. Um, it'll yeah. be on this month. I think George Clooney is yep. um, behind this and starring in it. I was a, I was a fan. I loved the movie. I loved the book. Um, that was a long time ago. I think it was Alan Arkin was in it um, back in the day. A uh, little bit of controversy around this um, adaption, but we might talk a little bit more about this next time. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Look, always great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, James. Have a good week.